Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You know, at the end of the day, football is football. All Patriots, all, all time. Ooh, that's spicy. All Patriots, all What's going on, everybody? I'm Kyrie Thompson, and this is First in Foxborough. I am coming to you from the blue level of the Patriots press box, looking down at the field at a bunch of random people playing soccer, right? Yeah, yeah, this, this seems like some kind of soccer camp. Oh, and I'm seeing some footballs being kicked around. But anyway, Let's not distract you from the fact that we just got finished with the third day of training camp practice for this week. No uh, no full pads today. They did have shells. They did have shoulder pads, but they were in shorts otherwise. So it was a little bit of a slower day. Uh, none of the exciting one-on-ones and, and things that we've been writing about over the past couple days. But I would still say, you know, if you're, if you're watching, there are a couple of things to, to take away from what the Patriots were doing today, especially from uh, just a little bit of an operational installation scheme standpoint and to talk about all that i am joined by arnav sharma my guy from sports illustrated pats country which what's going on arnav i'm doing well i'm doing well thanks for having me on Kyrie. it's a pleasure to be here when do we meet on friday last friday something like that last yeah either tuesday wednesday something something like that last week yeah yeah last week so my first time i've seen your bylines before and 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 such so uh and and obviously uh i'm I'm acquainted generally with the sports illustrated the patriots wing of things you know because of my guy mike debate who's who's the bomb you know, so, uh, you know, happy to uh, have you on and, and chat with you. I had just heard some interesting things coming from you about, you know, what you're seeing from uh, the offense and defense. Clearly a guy who knows his stuff. First of all, look, today was a little bit of a snooze fest, if we're going to be honest. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, yeah. So, but, but from what you saw, do you think there's anything that, you know, kind of is a continuation of what you've seen through the first couple of days of padded practice? Like, what, what, what would you think about today? Well, so the first thing that stood out to me immediately, and I think this is this is kind of an underlying culture thing with the Patriots, is that uh, Kendrick Bourne and, and Devontae Parker immediately bring the energy, whether it's warm-ups, dancing throughout the, the warm-up yeah. songs, or whether yeah. it's the uh, the simple route-running warm-ups and everything. So um, both of them, I think, have brought a little bit of electricity to a wide receiver core that, that really was lacking a lot of that last season. Um, so I think that'll translate a lot on the field. It looks like a lot of their off-season workouts have, have kind of led to that. You know, it's interesting because last year it was it was like KB and Cam where, right. where the guys were like dancing it up during warm ups and Cam Newton definitely brought a certain kind of energy. And I feel like it's almost like weirdly infectious because I felt like because because they had a, some Michael Jackson playing. <laughs> and uh, even Nelson Aguilar was on the sideline busting a little move and, and stuff. I, I feel like I haven't seen him do a whole lot of that. But but yeah, I, I do feel like. In an interesting way, like just the addition of Devontae Parker, even though like today he didn't have like uh, you know any highlight plays, but just his mere presence seems to mean a lot to this receiver room and just like kind of what it does 
down the line? Like, wh- like what have you been seeing from the way that this receiving core has looked pre-Parker to what they look like post-Parker? Well, I think as a Patriots fan, it's definitely going to take a little bit of getting used to to see a big-bodied wide receiver wearing the number one actually. That actually does stuff? Yeah, exactly. Um, I think with Parker, the receiver room is having a little bit less trouble creating separation, which isn't to say that they've been able to consistently create separation. That's still been a little bit of an issue plaguing them. Um, I think overall, though, Mac Jones' chemistry with Devontae Parker has been improving over the course of camp. There was one play, however, that stood out to me. Um, I think there was a rotation where one of the two high safeties came down, so they changed to a one-high look. Mac Jones saw man coverage, tried throwing up a jump ball to Parker, but Parker broke in. So there are still a little bit of kinks that need to be ironed out. Um, That pass got intercepted, and in general, I think uh, they still have a little bit of a ways to go on offense. Yeah, and you know it's interesting because there's been a lot of talk about Mac Jones being upset with you know, kind of understatedly upset with the state of the offense right now. And there was one play where I noticed I felt like he didn't like the spacing on a certain play uh, where it was like kind of an all verts sort of concept and nobody was open. And he checks it down to Ty Montgomery and you see him like throw his palms up in the air. Right, like, dude, right. come on, what are we doing here? And and just kind of looked a little irritated, I, I noticed. And, and again, I think that some of it's just a work in progress. He didn't seem that perturbed about the interception i think that it was kind of right. just like what you were talking about he's like look you know we we just got some stuff that we gotta iron out here right that it's just a mistake it happens and and i would say all in all the connection between them has been more money than it's been you know off target so i, I think that's a positive thing but it's interesting you bring up the separation right because Devonte parker doesn't typically create a lot of separation but he does do a solid job at converting contested catches. But the lack of separation, given what they've been trying to do offensively, which is more of the the Sean McVay style stuff where they're they're getting tight splits, you know, to the line of scrimmage, which gives them more room to work um, both inside and outside, and doing the bunch sets that allow some guys to get more free releases, you would think that you would see guys open up more, but I feel like we're seeing quarterbacks holding on to the ball and being like, there's nobody open. Like, is that what you're seeing? I, I think that is what I'm seeing as well. Um, as much as I would like to hope that the the receivers can start generating some separation, I think more, more likely than not, we're gonna see the offense have to manufacture a lot of that. Um, you mentioned the Shanahan offense. I know Shanahan loves to use slide releases as does McVay. Um, they usually use it with George Kittle or Higby or yeah. um, just to free up a tight end in the backfield. And I saw we did something very similar with Tyquan Thornton today. Yeah. Um, but as you said, Mac was holding on to the ball a little bit long. The placement was off. It was behind Thornton. Uh, Josh Uche blew up the backfield. So we had yeah. a, a, a whole host of issues going awry for the offense. So they do have a lot that needs to be ironed out here. But they need to find a way to scheme uh, any separation because it's it's not coming to them right now. Yeah, and, and you know what I've actually noticed? The plays where they seem to get the most separation or, or the plays when the offense looks the best are out of 12 personnel, which is the two tight end package when you've got Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith on the field. And I feel like it's been this this interesting little like bedrock of this offense where it's just like, okay, like you, you have a couple of plays and, and obviously it's all scripted. So it's like, they're gonna be on the field anyway. They're just working through things, but it just seems like there'll be a couple of like two or three plays that just look like ass 
right? Like they, 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 they're just not blocked up right. They're not getting, you know, any push on the offensive line. There's nobody open. And then they'll put Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith on the field together. And then, boom, you got, a, you got a completion to Jonu Smith. Boom, you got a completion to Hunter Henry. Or even in the run game, they'll put the two of them on the same side and they'll open up a hole on an outside zone. And then, and then you see Damian Harris finally, like, get through a hole or Ty Montgomery get around the edge. So it's it's this interesting thing where all in all, the offense is still definitely a work in progress. But when they actually use the two tight ends, which is something they didn't do nearly as much as we thought they were going to do last year, it actually looks decent. Yeah, I agree with that. I think um, one thing that they really didn't do a lot of last year was use John Smith as a cover two beater. Um, today we saw a little bit of Johnu going up the seams. Um, yeah, that looked decent, honestly. I think that's something they need to do a little bit more. They manufactured Johnu into space quite a bit today. Um, they had one RPO to Johnu as well, yeah. which was a, which was kind of interesting because we saw a little bit of a lot of things. The RPO being one of them. That's something that we didn't see much of last year. But um, you know, with the whole Sarkeesian offense that um, Mac Jones comes from, I think that's. That's something that we should see a lot more of this season as well. And it's funny you mentioned the, the Sarkeesian offense because I remember watching that that uh, kind of explanation, like, like really the breakdown of the whole playbook, right. and I saw them repping Railroad. Right. Like, uh, yeah, I think on, on Tuesday and a little bit last week, um, like Bailey and Zappi and Mac were both running it. And basically that concept is is a, like a clear out concept where your first read is the running back coming out of the backfield like on a like a little swing slash like wheel route where basically it's like look if that running back is open you throw him the ball you do not think twice just do it right and, it, and if you don't do it then you get chewed out by, by Sark he was just like he, I remember he'd be showing the videos it's like right here I'm getting on Matt Ryan's ass right now because he didn't throw the <laughs> he didn't throw the running back but I, like there it looks like they're doing a little bit more of that Alabama Mac sort of stuff, especially out of shotgun. Like I noticed that right away when they did the RPO to Janu. It's like that looked quick, that looked right. efficient, and and it was again, it was it was a nice, easy completion. And then I, I feel like again, you see these quick reads where I think Mac just generally looks more comfortable with everything they're doing out of the shotgun more so than the stuff that they're doing under center. Right. Because the under center stuff is, is more of the we're repping the outside zones and the boot play actions and all these things that they're not used to doing as much. Right. No, I, I absolutely agree with that. I felt that I was kind of tracking Mac Jones' eyes throughout um, the 11s and the 7s, and it felt like whenever Mac had his first or second read open, he was pretty comfortable. I think when we're starting to get to that third and fourth read, he's struggling. That's where the ball holding comes in a little bit, and I think the simplified offense should help a little bit with that, um, returning to a little bit more of what he was familiar with in college. Um, you know, a lot of those quick hitters to the running backs. I know Kevin Harris was talking about more uh, him being more involved in the passing this year than Speaking in college. Of which, I mean, Bill Belichick talking about yeah. that same thing as well this morning. And Kevin Harris looks good at it, yeah. doesn't he? Yeah. Uh, that actually surprised me as well. Kevin Harris, we didn't see much of that coming out of college. He's very much a north-south kind of runner. Yeah. But, but him adding that passing element to his game as well is, is incredible on his behalf. And Damian Harris as well. He had one really yeah, good catch over the middle, reaching out, um, contested. So, I mean, it seems like the offense as a whole is, especially in the running back core, is, is kind of improving in that passing game. So even if the receivers aren't getting that separation and, and the quarterbacks are holding the ball a little bit, it seems like 
as a whole, they're taking steps towards advancing in the passing game a little bit. Yeah, and, and I think that's the key, right, is this offense isn't necessarily going to be predicated around one guy. Like, Devontae Parker has been, you know, the, the big star, right, of, of, the, of the show so far, especially as the receiver group is concerned. But really, this offense is about spreading the ball around, okay? It's about, about getting the ball to the right place, making the right decisions. And a big portion of that is going to be the running back's becoming a bigger part of this. And I think last year, that was a big hole that they had where really the only running back they felt comfortable with as a third down guy, somebody you threw the ball to was Brandon Bolden after James White went out, right? And and I, I'll tell you what, man, I was sitting almost in this exact seat, except except down down on the on the <laughs> ground level right there. I was sitting right there when James White got hurt. And it felt like the the air just got sucked out of the building because then it was almost just like, man, what are they going to do now? Like, they, so right. many guys got to step up. And I think that so far, I mean, even though Damian Harris has looked at times like he's fighting the football and it's not quite natural to him, he's had plays like the one that he had today. You know, it was on an angle route, comes out of the backfield. They've been repping that with him a lot. He's been catching the football a little bit better than what I'm used to seeing from him. Ramondre Stevenson also looks smooth. And you know the guy that I really am interested in, the guy who's probably going to be the James White guy? It's Ty Montgomery. That's right. I think he is locking himself in to being on this team. Right. Very early on in training camp, actually, Ty Montgomery was getting a lot of those first team reps, which is interesting because coming into training camp, he really wasn't on many Patriots fans' radar as one of those guys who would be a viable replacement. But I think as we're heading out of training camp into the preseason, Ty Montgomery looks very much primed to be the James White replacement for this team while James White is on the PUP list. Um very interestingly, he was running a lot of those exact same routes as well. He had the option routes, yeah. um, breaking in, breaking out, making pretty some some pretty good reads against the linebackers as well. Um, his chemistry with Mac Jones looks pretty good. Yeah, I saw them run a few of the gap plays that they usually ran with James White out of uh-huh. shotgun with him as yeah. well. Uh, a little bit of inside zone too. So, I mean, he, they're kind of throwing him right into the whole mix with everything, and I, I think he's performed pretty well, and he's he's kind of been up to that challenge. Yeah, and it's interesting you you mentioned that. So so Ty Montgomery was somebody that I've known about for a little while, uh, you know, because uh, he played for the Packers. You know, I'm a, a Bears guy, you know, growing up. So it, it's funny he had the biggest game of his career against the damn Bears. Of course, he had like 166 rushing yards. But again, he's a guy who's played receiver and running back basically the entire time he's played football. Like he's always been this multi-dimensional guy, and he looks like it on the field. And you can tell the kind of trust that they have. Real quick before we we shift away from the offense it really seemed like today was a day where it was like a smorgasbord of (laughs) offensive concepts like yeah they repped outside zone to death and it was something that Bill Belichick was talking about we got to clean up some of the mistakes and I felt like uh, yesterday was was a scenario where they were trying to run some of those play action concepts out of outside zone and in some of these zone concepts and it looked like the the offensive linemen just maybe didn't know where to be, or like they just yeah. don't have a they just don't have a feel for it yet. And you just had guys coming in scot free. They could not run a play. Everything right. was getting blown up. Today they were repping some, I think, more traditional like gap concepts out of play action that looked way smoother. 
And and then again, you talked about we had an RPO today. We had a split zone play action, which I've been looking for 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 a while, right? Because I feel like those are going to be the kinds of plays that are perfect. Just get the ball out into the flat to Jonu Smith, or in this case, Tyquan Thornton, if it works out, and and just create easy yards. So I feel like we're getting closer to seeing how this this entire offense could look. That the number of things that they will have at their disposal. Right. And actually, this morning, that's a question I asked Belichick um, about the offense and the outside zone, what he's looking for when he runs all these outside zone plays. And he actually said that it just so happens that the sequence was that they started off with outside zones and that they're going to be incorporating a lot more gap plays as well. Um, so coming into camp, it was a little your practice today. It was a little bit of a question mark whether that was just smokescreen or whether that was legit. And it, I mean, based on what we saw today, that looks pretty legit. They They did return a lot to kind of those fundamental plays that carried them yeah. through those dog days from 2018 to last year where they really had to focus on power running and running the ball and primarily operating on the ground and then using that to establish a play action um one thing that is interesting though is even despite that they still haven't really used a traditional fullback yep um i think they used Jonu as an offset eye at one point or some some interesting wrinkles like that but they still have not had that Jakob johnson replacement or that james devlin replacement so I think largely what they're doing is, as you said, um, 12 personnel, kind of be versatile wherever they can and, and use a whole host of different running plays and play actions off of those running plays that they have available. Um, but this isn't something new that we've seen from the Patriots offense. I mean, they've been running tons and tons of different running plays and from oh, yeah. different running styles for years. Um, just the Super Bowl against the Rams, the 2018 Super Bowl, they ran, I think, 26 different run plays. And then against the Bills last year in the in the win game, they ran, I think, four different run plays. So they have the ability to be versatile, whether that involves them focusing on one aspect of just pure power or having to keep defenses on their toes with different run styles. They, I think, in general, Belichick is probably the best at that situational awareness. So it seems like they're practicing this whole multitude of, of approaches just to kind of have that in their back pocket. Yeah, and, and I really think that in the end, it's not going to be, yeah, we're going to become a completely McVay offense now, and it's just going to be wide zones, and we're just going to run to the edge and and boot play action. We're going to straight up turn this into the you know 2016 Atlanta Falcons or, or just like the, the 2018 Rams, right? That's not necessarily going to happen. I think it's just going to be more balanced, but particularly when you have a skill group that is considered more good than great, right? And, and there's, there are question marks. Having all these different things in their back pocket to use and then figure out what works the best, I think it served them well. Let's skip over to the defensive side of the ball right now. And I think probably the most pleasant surprise to me through a couple days of padded practice are the linebackers. I think that they have been flying around. You've seen Mac Wilson being used as a blitzer. He came in there. I think he would have had a sack today on right. Mac Jones. He blew up J.J. Taylor on the goal line yesterday. Raquan McMillan stuffed Damian Harris at practice. I mean, they they are they're moving around with a purpose out there. Yeah, I agree. Actually, Raquan wearing forty six. I can't explain it, but scientifically, it makes him faster. <laughs> this, is, this is just the law of of, of linebackers, but. Yeah, I agree. In general, I think we've seen a lot more um, usage out of these linebackers than any any of us expected, um, especially after losing Van Noy and Jamie Collins. And there was yeah. kind of this question mark on how, how they would fare. Um, I think in general, they've been they've been all right. I mean, Mac Wilson has always kind of been a, a pretty dependable middle linebacker yeah. who can kind of anchor the run, do whatever he needs to get sideline to sideline. 
Um, where I'm really concerned, actually, is how they're going to fare against the passing game. Oh, yeah. yeah. With, with a lot of these offenses getting smaller, lighter, and faster, I think uh, guys like Josh Uche are really going to have to stand out. Ronnie Perkins a little bit to some extent. And they, they've, they've kind of made a little bit of an impact. Uh, Josh Uche especially has, has kind of made himself known over the last couple days. I think yesterday in one-on-ones he had a pretty nasty spin move on Isaiah Wynn. He pants Trent Brown, too, with an inside move that I saw. Neither one of the tackles could block him. Right, exactly. I mean, these are starting tackles. Trent Brown's no slouch. He is arguably one of the best uh, left tackles in the league. So, um, I mean, Josh Uche has really made his presence known on one orbit. Uh, it might have been a jet sweep, I think. Um, to, to Myers in the backfield, he was right there. Oh, yeah, there. he ate that up. Yeah, yeah. ate that up right, right on the edge. And I think coming into the season with Uche, one of his biggest concerns was how is he going to fare on the edge? Um, I think that's one of the biggest reasons he didn't get too many snaps last year or the year prior. So right. I think that's something he's really improved on, and I think we could see a lot more of him coming up um, as kind of a complement to that Mac Wilson and Jawan Bentley, that heavier linebacker core that we're so accustomed to seeing. Yeah, and, and they've also played around with having Josh Uche standing up, right, and, and being – you know, off the ball, you know, and kind of like a, a middle linebacker, or, you know, outside linebacker, like a more traditional outside linebacker, I should say. Right. Um, so I, I feel like that's something that they could do. And they did a little bit in preseason games last year, right? So so that that's a possibility that they could use him for. But I feel like that's been one of my bigger question marks regarding this defense. Who's going to fit in on the edge aside from Matthew Judon? Because, I mean, we know we know what Judon can do. Uh, we we got to see it throughout the course of an entire season. But we know what he can do. The question is, what is Josh Uche going to do, assuming he can stay healthy for the entire year? What's Ronnie Perkins going to do? Because we haven't really seen him at all. And Anthony Jennings, who is another guy that we've been, I don't know, he's been forgotten about in, in a lot of ways. He's he's made a couple of, of impact plays that, that you, you look at and you say, okay, maybe he can be a rotational guy. But I still feel like there are a lot of question marks. What there aren't a lot of question marks about, though, is the fact that Christian Barmore is a beast. That guy is really good, and he's he's just continuing to get better. Real nice guy, too. Yeah. <laughs> he's like very, very, very chill, low key, got to talk fast, he's very, like an yeah. underratedly excitable guy. But just tell me what you've seen from that guy and how, how big Christian Barmore is going to be. And I, and I mean, I'm talking about fitter figuratively because he's obviously huge in real life. I was going to say, he's massive. He's yeah. huge in real I, life, too. I think uh, it was Tom Curran who asked him today if he's ever felt physically uh, mismatched, and he just looked at him and shook his head. <laughs> so yeah. He's like, I don't need to even address that. <laughs> I think Barmore had the second most pressures from a rookie since Aaron Donald um, <sighs> last year. So, I, I mean, starting off, he was already hot. You know, um, that's not something we're really accustomed to seeing from defensive tackles, consistent uh, pass rush pressure. But coming out of college, his biggest strength was arguably his pass rush. I think where he really kind of lacked a little bit and why he might have fallen to the second round and what was overall a weak uh, defensive tackle class was because of his anchor. His run support wasn't as great as it could have been, but it looks like as a rookie, he really fixed that pad level. And in training camp, he looks even better in that regard. He's um, blowing up a lot of stretch plays. Actually, that's one of the things he talked about today. He said that the biggest area of improvement for him is he feels he's better at recognizing and penetrating in those stretch plays and kind of playing downhill. Um, so I think in general, he's he's going to be a very, very big piece of that um, defensive line rotation. I think it might be a little bit hot of a hot take to say this, but I, I really do think he could be that Vince Wilfork kind of guy who plays 75 to 80% of snaps, versatile, and, and kind of any facet of the game can play anywhere from zero to three tech. 
um, do whatever he needs to, to, to kind of affect the game. And I, I think we're going to see him draw a lot of double teams this year. I think we're going to see him wreak a lot of havoc right, right down the middle. Get guys like Matt Judon and Josh yes. Uche and Ronnie Perkins a little bit more favorable one-on-one matchups where they don't have to be worried about getting chipped by tight ends. And I think having that one middle guy in the defensive line is really going to open up a lot of pass rush and shut down a lot of runs this year. And you know what? I think that when they were going really strong last year, it was the two-man game of Barmore and Judon. Mm-hmm. They put them on. They would put them on the same side, and teams could not do anything with it. And then just like as as the year went on, I think that. Um, they were getting swallowed up a little bit. I, I, I feel like Judon was probably dinged up, and it right. was just something that we didn't hear about um, because the juice was gone, and it, they weren't able to take advantage of that. But if, if Barmore gets better, <laughs> it's like, oh, boy. And, and, yeah, I mean, one of the plays that stood out to me from, from even yesterday was he – he, he obviously totaled two guys like on, on, on one play on his way to just like wrecking a pass play and blowing that up and making Bailey Zappi scramble. But then the next play, he's just with one arm, just controlling a guy and then eats up Ty Montgomery with his left arm. And it's just like, oh, my God, nobody can block this man. This is this is that's nightmare fuel. If, if you're if you're an offense. Now, you mentioned how are these guys, uh, particularly the linebackers, going to do against the pass? And my theory has been that, you know, to protect the corners and the linebackers, you're going to see a lot of strong, like, like safe, safety play. And what mm. I mean by strong, I mean, like, good safety play. Obviously, they'll have right. some strong safeties. But, like, I'm talking literally, like, three and four safeties on the field fairly regularly against these pass-heavy teams. And I feel like these safeties have been acquitting themselves well. They've been, they, they've been acquitting themselves so well, they basically are telling Devin McCourty that he can take the day off, and they're putting Josh Bledsoe in there. Right. Like that, that's how good this is looking. Yeah, um, I mean, one thing that I've uh, talked a little bit about in the past is the failed Jordan Richards experiment. Hmm. Um, the, the Patriots fans from 2017 might be a little bit scarred from that experience. Um, Jordan Richards was essentially a second-round pick we drafted. I think back in 2015 or 16, um, who was projected to go in the seventh round. Belichick took him as kind of that same Kyle Duggar kind of mold yeah. where it's a big, strong safety, small will backer. Yeah. Um, he didn't pan out, to say the least. But I think now we have a guy like Duggar who did pan out. Yeah, we and can we, safely say Kyle Duggar has panned out. Right. And, I mean, we have Adrian Phillips, who isn't necessarily in the build of a, of a linebacker or even a will backer, but he's kind of played that that jackknife role and he's yeah. he's done well at that too um he's he's uh kind of hidden himself gotten a lot of picks underneath on those crossing routes yeah like a traditional will backer might so i think um you're absolutely right i think we are going to lighten up a little bit um or at least we should lighten up a little bit because that traditional like hard heavy you know linebacking core of of, of bentley mac wilson and 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 so on that really hasn't served this team well and I think that it's really started to get exposed over the last couple seasons yeah that's how they got eaten up I think towards towards the end of the year where I mean whether it was overrunning gaps or just not getting there fast enough and then getting shredded in the pass game and I think the thing Mac Wilson is probably going to be your top coverage linebacker where it's like if you got to leave one linebacker on the field it's going to be him right and I feel like he's definitely got the most versatility in there with him I feel like the issue was always like can he stay on the field because because mm-hmm. injuries were, were an issue with him but if he stays on the field I feel like he's going to be that guy now the other underrated aspect of this is I feel like the cornerbacks have played fairly well. And, and again, right. it's like, 
how much stock do you put into it? Is it because the offense isn't playing as well or, or what have you? But I feel like the cornerbacks have consistently been around the football and been making plays. Give me your impressions of that room and in particular the Jones brothers because I feel right. like they've been coming on a little bit since kind of having a meh first day of practice. Yeah, um, they've been all right. I mean, Marcus Jones, I think, has stood out to me a little bit more than Jack Jones, and I think yeah. the fact that Marcus Jones has gotten a lot more first-team reps has kind of reflected that. Um, to me, Marcus Jones is really that kind of Malcolm Butler mold of corner, where he can mm. cover a lot of those maybe 5'10 to 6-foot receivers who are more crafty route runner than yeah. blazing fast or size mismatch kind of guys. And I think that's really what Belichick likes. I mean, we, we've historically liked to have at least one shutdown man corner who can take a receiver out of the game and then focus on the rest of the receiving core. I think Marcus Jones is on that path. But overall, I would say the corner play hasn't hasn't been excellent. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, okay. it's been okay. Yeah, yeah, like, you know, like, it, it hasn't <laughs> been, like, amazing. But I think it's just, like, the idea that we were kind of just like, yeah, these cornerbacks are going to be terrible right, right? And, and i feel like when you measure it against that you're kind of thinking like okay there's there's more competence here than than i expected exactly but yeah you don't have you do not have a star cornerback in this group it's you know Jalen mills and i would say terrence mitchell are right. are your starters right now with a potential opening for a jack jones maybe down the line if he, right. if he you know has more production and and now that jonathan jones is back you know you're looking at him obviously as your starting slot corner but I mean, you're getting Marcus. You're getting Marcus Jones uh, a little bit more playing time in the slot, and you've seen him a little bit at safety, right? And 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 he looks like, as of right now, your kind of leader in the clubhouse to be the starting punt returner. His short area quickness and acceleration have been fun to watch, and especially like it seems like he's always ending up in one-on-ones against Taekwon, Taekwon Thornton. And running stride for stride with easily the fastest dude on the team. Yeah, no, I agree. It's actually been kind of interesting to watch his development as a kick returner as well as a cornerback. I remember the first day, I think he, he muffed Yeah, a he muffed one, yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, since then, he's looked a lot more comfortable. He looks like the returner that we, we grew so familiar with in college, the one of the most electric guys in college football. Um, yeah, he's been running stride for stride with Tyquan Thornton as well. But again, then that, that it's the chicken or the egg. Is, is that because... You know, he's right. legitimately that good of a corner. Is it because Taekwon, who has historically struggled to create separation, even in college football, despite his speed, you know, is is, yeah. is, is it because of that? Um, but all things considered, I, I like what I've seen out of Marcus. I like what I've seen out of Jack. Jack is also quite shifty. He's got that dog in him. Um, he, <laughs> he's, he's got, he, yeah, check his x-rays. <laughs> you know, he, he, he's that kind of guy who um, brings the intensity that, that I think a cornerback or a secondary needs. Um, and, and again, that was lacking last year with um, yeah. Gilmore gone, and we, they, they really had no leader yeah. um, or, or any real energy out of that. So uh, this team looks a lot more youthful, a lot more energetic, whether that's the receivers or the corners. Um, one corner I do want to highlight is you know the fan favorite Malcolm Butler. Yeah, day one his feet did not look very good, um, but as campus kind of progressed a little bit, he looks like he's approaching form. Yeah. I mean, he's obviously not going to be anywhere near that peak 2016 form where he was arguably a top three corner in the league, um, regularly um, week in, week out, shutting down some of the best receivers we've seen. Um, But I do think he is serviceable enough to where he can reliably cover wide receiver threes on the outside. He still has that physicality about him that, that made him so fun to watch back in the day. And I think 
a lot of times he still struggles with those big-bodied receivers. Like, Devontae yeah. Parker has been burning him quite a bit. Yeah. but He's been getting a lot of people, though, to yeah. be fair. But, yes, yeah. No, exactly. And I, I think, in general, when it comes to that same archetype of, of, of wide receiver that I talked about with Marcus Jones, I think that's somewhere where we can fit in Malcolm as kind of a veteran yeah. presence in the locker room to help, help Marcus's development. All right. So, one week from tomorrow... We are going to have our first preseason game of the year. So the first time the Patriots actually get to play somebody who's not the New England Patriots. What are you looking for? I mean, assume, assume, I mean, we'll talk about this, but for, for, the, for the sake of the podcast, what are you going to be looking for in that first game in terms of just assessing the progress of this team? Right. I think the first thing I'm going to be looking for is, as we talked about, the receiver separation. Okay. Um, a lot of times, I don't think receivers are really going 100% speed. Tyquan, for sure, has not been going 100% speed. Yeah, no, you can kind of see it. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm going to be interested to see how that kind of speed translates into a true 11 versus 11 competitive scene. Um, so receiver separation is one thing. I'm also going to be looking a little bit towards kind of the development of our young running backs mm. and how they're gelling with the offensive line. Um, throughout practice, Cole Strange, the first-round rookie, is honestly looked pretty good um yep. mm-hmm. for an offensive lineman if you if you don't really draw any discussion that means you're doing your job yeah and, and i think i've noticed i've made a couple of notes about this that i think that he's gotten a couple of, of very nice seals to mm-hmm. let guys get to the edge or, or cut up behind him you saw him lose a couple of one-on-ones in that first day of full pads but he rebounded really nicely against lawrence guy and devon godshaw yesterday and stood his ground and i think just generally he he does not look out of place on there which makes me kind of wonder what is going on with this offensive line more broadly right where some of these plays aren't working out but yeah no i would say cole strange definitely looks like he, he should be a starting left guard i agree and then the last thing i'm really going to be looking for is how the secondary can fare against some starters i mean obviously first week of um, preseason we generally don't see the starters play quite a bit but it would be interesting to see how our depth is in that regard how we can actually handle again a receiver core that's actually going 100 percent speed yeah I think I think Mac Jones's command of the offense and you know just little things like in and out of the huddle, right? Are they playing as fast as they say that they want to play? Are you going to see a little bit of those like those easy throws to a Janu Smith or a Tyquan Thornton? Just get the ball out in their hands and 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 let them move, let them pick up yards after the catch, and then definitely I think the the pass rush is going to be my thing on the defensive side of the ball. The corners, I mean, obviously, right? right. Uh, like I'm I'm totally going to be interested in that. But I, I do want to see can we get a little bit of something out of Josh Uche, particularly Ronnie Perkins. I want to see right. if we can get more out of Ronnie Perkins because we know what we're going to get from. Christian Barmore and Matthew Judon. It's the other guys down there that we got to figure out. Arnav Sharma from Sports Illustrated, Pats Country, thank you so much for taking the time today, man. This was a blast talking with you. Tell the people where they can follow you at. I appreciate that, Kyrie. You can follow me on Twitter at Arnav Sharma NFL. And you can uh, follow my work on Sports Illustrated, Pats Country. I write pretty much daily. Um, have a series of uh, of breakdowns and highlights every day of training camp, so keep you nice and updated. Yo, if you liked what you heard right here, you're going to want to check out these breakdowns and check out some of the scheme stuff that my very intelligent brother over here is doing for us. So thank you so much once again, my man. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Have a good one.